Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. All right, we're back. Hey, Paul, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just just another another December week. Man, got the house decorations up. Everything's feeling very Christmas holiday spirit around here. Yeah, no, that's great. I love this time of year. Today's my daughter's birthday. It's Carmela's birthday. So have a teenager in the house. All right. Yeah. Shout out to her. She's wonderful and becoming a young lady. And so cool. But yeah, time flies. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you're taking time off this month. Yeah, we're going to Italy for Christmas. Ooh. What part? What part is your family from? Well, it depends. Uh, half from Sicily, I suppose, and the other half from the main mainland Italy. Um, I think my grandmother's father, he actually grew up, he was born in Brazil, but I think they were more northern Italians because they're fairly fair-skinned. Yeah. Like my mm. grandmother's pale. Um, no, my Sicilians, mom's... mainlanders, don't really consider them Italians. Mm. They just consider them Sicilians, right? You know, we'll they're... find out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I went to pilot training with one of the guys was, I believe from Sicily and uh, the other Italians in my class were like, oh yeah, he's got mobster ties or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I won't speak to that, but yeah, you know, your name ends in a vowel and then, you know, it's, I can remember my grandfather tell me about it when he was a child in like the twenties and thirties that, you know. People were packing heat at the house, playing Pinochle or whatever they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That'll be fun. Wait, you're going to be there over Christmas? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, we have friends uh, that are stationed over there, some really yeah. good old Army friends of ours. And um, Tammy's known uh, our friend Christina for you know over 20 years. So Cool. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, have fun. So we better get ahead on a couple episodes before you leave leave the country. Right. So we don't have to do this uh, in the middle of the night, your time. You could do it while I'm in Rome. When in Rome. When in Rome. It doesn't really make sense. Go on. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, hey, so today, let's talk about the noise. Let's talk about, we've talked about this before. It's been a long time, but we've got more listeners now and probably not everybody started at the beginning and, um, Frankly, man, when you start, maybe people found us by just doing research, right? They, they found our podcast on YouTube or no just searching infinite banking on on their phone um, on a podcast platform. So, uh, but you're going to come across a lot of other stuff, especially every year. There, there's more and more stuff out there because this becomes more and more popular. It's almost to the point where I don't hear the question as often as I used to of why hasn't everybody heard of this? Because sure. people are really hearing about it now. Unfortunately, yes. they're hearing a lot of noise as we refer to it in the business um, where it's, you can go down a rabbit hole, but man, you could get lost real quick. Yes. 
if you're not looking at the right uh, the right sources. So what are the different types of noise out there that we got? Well, in the early days, I, I, I suppose we kind of always sometimes came across that people maybe found us through whatever website. Uh, is this a, is this a scam? And I've, some of my earlier clients, you know, we, that you had the scam discussion. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what, what part like paying whole life insurance premium, which has a cash value, which is a very old tried and true product. There's mutual companies that are over a hundred years old that have paid a dividend every single year. Uh, what, which, which part, the fact that you can, you know, leverage cash value, which is the, you know, present value of the death benefit. Um, I, you know, so they never really, they once, you know, you ask a few, you know, follow-up questions with them. They didn't really have a, a good answer of, um, you know, the, the, you look at your life insurance contract folks, look at, you know, the guaranteed side, you know, that's, that's literally what it means. It's guaranteed by the contract. Uh, the non-guaranteed side assumes the current company's current dividend experience. So, once you put it in perspective, and I think that's kind of like the product versus process issue. Right. Yeah, exactly. They think of IBC as like a a product. It, it, it's not. It's a it's a concept. It's like an abstract. It's something you can you can do, and you can do it not only with dividend paying whole life, but you could do it with CDs. You could do it. You can bank with anything. You could do it with your savings account. And Nelson demonstrates that in the book. He just says that hey dividend paying whole life structured for this concept is the best way to implement or to practice the infinite banking concept. So anyway, um, but we don't get that a lot, the scam thing. I mean, it's, and we, and frankly, folks, that's not something that we're really going to entertain. Obviously you guys, by listening, you know that Dave and I own dividend paying a whole life. And we show people that go through our process, our personal contracts, we pay, a tremendous amount of life insurance premium every year. Now we either do that because we're practicing, and which we are, or we're dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe I'm just scamming myself. I'm just scamming. Yeah, I love to just rip it, myself off. <laughs> self-loathing that I just right. rip myself off. And obviously, yeah. that's not a serious discussion, I guess, is what I'm saying, David. Yeah, it's, and it's and, just and really not. Like you said, if you're listening to this, you're probably not somebody who thinks it's a scam anyway. So um, we won't spend the, the time debunking all of those uh, poorly informed yeah. uh, myths out there. When it, when it comes to this product and the process of IBC, there's this those of us who know, and those of you who know, now know, and then there's everybody else. Yeah. So, so really, there's two two categories that we want to focus on. One, if you've done any research, you'll see there's a, a movement that IUL, Index Universal Life, is the only way to do infinite banking. And you got to use IUL. Whole life is, is trash. Use IUL. Um, that's one category. The other category, um, I don't know which is worse, but the other category is get rich through whole life insurance. Get rich by buying cars and borrowing your own money. Like, both of those are are uh, are incorrect, in yeah, our opinion. They're very, they're very clickbaity. Very clickbaity. Like I mean, like the the one that I I took notes on down here, like just how to use whole life insurance to get rich. Half a right? million views, probably, or something. Half a million views, right? And some of it makes sense in there, but a lot a lot of it is misleading and and flat out 
incorrect in the words that are used. And let's face it from a, from an agent perspective, I'm trying to think through the types of leads that that clickbaity stuff is going to result in. I don't imagine they're going to be the same types of leads that we get through our podcast where education is prioritized, not, you know, headline saying, get rich paying, you know, buying cars or get rich using life insurance or whatever. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't even want to spend the time wading through those leads. I did that. You and I were talking before we hit record. I've got that YouTube video out there. It's got, you know, 220,000 views. It's a really good short four and a half minute description, visual depiction of how this concept works and how whole life insurance uh, works mechanically uh, to support the infinite banking concept. But when I put my scheduling link out there on that YouTube channel, like that description, I, I would get a lot of meetings and they were all garbage. Right. Didn't convert. <laughs> I think I've maybe converted one or two over the years of people who found me on that website, on, on that YouTube channel and contacted me. Yeah. Um, because they're mostly, it's people are clicking, they're trying to find, hey, what's the hot new thing? How can I, how can I do the hot new thing? Whatever's popular right now. So, um, well, let's, let's break it down. Let's first talk about the IUL crowd. So we've got a whole episode. I'll, I'll dig through it or you can dig through it. Uh, the podcast links while I'm talking and find out what episode number that is, where we talk about why IUL is not the appropriate thing, uh, product for the infinite banking concept. Now, when you watch any IUL video, you're probably going to see a lot of common themes. Um, and pretty much all these videos say the exact same thing. And what you'll hear time after time after time is rate of return or internal rate of return. Like you can make so much more rate of return on IUL than whole life insurance. So why in the world would you want to do whole life insurance? So it's all about rate of return. And Paul, what does Nelson say in the introduction to becoming your own banker? What is what is infinite banking not about? This is not about investments of any kind. It's not about rates of return. It's about how one finances the needs of life. Exactly. So these people like that. talk about infinite banking. They use IBC. They use the infinite banking concept. And then they, they talk IUL. If they you can know, spell IBC, I guess. They can spell about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they can spell IUL. So it, it just must be easier to, to spell in whole life. But they, they put those two things together, but it's very explicitly, they do not belong together. That's explicit in Nelson's writing and everything that we promote, because that's what Nelson promoted. It is not the product you use for IBC. So you can't even, if somebody brings it up with IBC, they're talking about two, they're not talking about the, the real IBC. And I guess more simply, it also doesn't work <laughs> for IBC, right? It's yeah. just, and, we'll, and I guess we'll probably dig into that a little bit of, of why, just to kind of rehash for, for people why it's not the appropriate tool to implement IBC. Yeah. And I'm looking for that episode, by the way. So I'm, you look, so guys see me looking to the side. That's what I'm, I'm Okay. It's probably like down there around 15 to 20 or something. Okay, good. Yeah. That, that helps. So really, um, these videos also fail to mention any risk whatsoever. So they'll promote all the good things. They'll cherry pick years like, oh, in 2017, all my clients were making 20 to 30% on their IUL policies in the cash value account, right? Well, one, most companies are going to cap you 
at probably 10 or 12%. The market can make 30 and you're only going to get 12. So then why wouldn't you just have your money in the market instead? Uh, if you're such right. a big believer in the market. Right. Um, but they never talk. What happens when when the market's down? Well, you're, you're, the floor is zero. Great. But what'd you earn that year? Zero. You went a whole year without making anything. Now you got nothing to compound on. Yeah. So there's this one particular company that has an indexed dividend option mm -hmm. where you could use, you can go all in on that option, Dave, or you can do, um, you know, partial percentage of your overall dividend. You can basically take a little bit more risk for a little bit more up for, I think up, you know, maybe up to twice the upside. Let's and say, you're talking about a whole life insurance policy. It's that a whole life product, no, no doubt. Option, right? Where you have option. an option to index some or all or whatever, whatever you want of the dividend mm -hmm. year, and you can change that year to year. Um, so you know, and you get up to you know whatever it was, twenty five percent above, up and above the 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 full dividend that everyone else that didn't elect that option got. Yeah. In in a you know best case scenario, I think. Um, but yeah, but but now if 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 that index doesn't return anything, you don't get a dividend if you're one hundred percent into that option. If you're if right. you selected, I want I want all the risk for that for the dividend that year. Mm -hmm. There's a chance you could get nothing. So yeah. anyway, and what you just mentioned there is the risk. So that's probably one of the biggest uh, negatives to this to to, to IUL to using that for infinite banking is who's taking the risk in that scenario? You or the company, right? You, you're taking the risk. Your premium for the insurance is going to the company. That's covering your insurance. The rest of that premium that you're putting in that side account for that cash value account, like that's not buying insurance, that's buying cash value, right? And they're yes. taking the risk or you're taking the risk as the, the policy owner on, is that, money going to grow enough for me to afford the ever increasing cost of insurance. Right. Well, no, I mean, when you're a younger person, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but Dave, we've, you know, I've looked at several of these policies that people have sent me over the last couple of years. And you know, this gentleman, I think he was 48 or 49 when he bought it. His agent had, I think we've talked about this in another episode, but his agent had died. By the way, we talked about universal life on episode 29. 29. Uh, from August 29th, 2022. All right. Universal versus whole life for the purposes of IBC. But anyway, this guy's, he'd owned the policy eight years, seven years or whatever. And the cost of his insurance, which is one of the items on, you know, one of the fees you're paying is that cost of that annually renewing term insurance that Universal Life is built on. The cost of his insurance had gone from, you know, whatever, 350 to $800, I think was roughly pretty close. And I pointed that out to him. And of course he didn't notice. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your, this policy is not going to provide you X amount of passive income for a lifetime, or it's not going to do any of that. Not even, I mean, it's, it's not going to do any of that. And you know, you hate to, you hate to see it, but it's, it's the truth. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had many clients who, who come to us, they have IUL or UL policies of some sort, and most of them decide to just, hey, I'm just going to cut my losses right now instead of trying yeah. to look at it as a sunk cost, a, a poor decision, and uh, something you learned from. Right. And we all, 
we all have those. I mean, and it's, and that's okay. The point is, is to make a, you know, execute some decisive action and get out of that, get out of that mistake. Yeah. So, as soon as you can. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I have a client right now that has a, an old universal life that his father bought for him and that uh, he's going to, he's going to get rid of. Um, and he came to that conclusion himself. I said, here's some resources, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So here's something else I noticed in some of these videos, the trend that these IUL promoters will talk about the benefits of life insurance and, and the stability of this life insurance product that's been around for hundreds of years, right? Went through the, the Great Depression and banks had a lot of their money in life insurance and they didn't lose their money. And Americans who had their money in life insurance didn't lose their money. But they failed to mention that, yeah, that was whole life insurance. That was not IUL. IUL was created in the 80s by E.F. Hutton, which if somebody brags about that, it's like bragging about being a stockholder in Kmart. Like, <laughs> they're not around anymore. Like The That's company's right. gone, right? And why did they create it? Because what was happening in the 80s that was sexy? There were like, super high interest rates. Super high interest rates. And Americans finally had access to like the stock market. Everyday Americans. Yeah could put their money in the stock market. So all these people were getting, you know, bombarded with marketing and put your money in the stock market, let it grow by 15%. So all these Americans were fleeing conservative, boring, guaranteed whole life insurance and putting their money in the stock market for that right. big rate of return, right? So what did this EF Hutton is like, hmm, how do I get these people back to whole life insurance? I know, I'll include the stock market in the life insurance policy. Yep. I'll unbundle the savings component of a whole life product and create this side fund that's whatever. And that, and there was universal life. It yeah. sounds great, like universal life, you know, mysterious. It's kind of like the, the Federal Reserve Bank. Yeah. It's this mysterious thing. Oh, it's, it's the government. It's the government money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. That nobody quite understands. Yeah. And so you said before we hit record, Dave, that, you know, the, you know, Ralph Nader was involved in that stuff and they were trying to simplify whole life. Well, what they did was anytime the government and Wall Street and these other yahoos get involved in something, right, they, they screw it up. And, you know, I look at these universal life contracts and they're not simple for the consumer. They're not simple for me as the agent. And or, yeah, me neither. Yeah. And we've studied these things and I look at I look at them and I'm just like of course the you know the law of well you know, of unintended consequences but they created a product that's terrible. And I don't want to disparage anyone that sells it and you, know, there's, you can go on you know all the oh, I'm in life, you know it's always I'm a love insurance agent and IUL is the best thing ever. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me tell you how difficult it is to get a life insurance license. Do you have 20 hours? Um, do you think do you, you have can a find functioning 20 hours brain? Of, and do you, yeah. Can you answer a multiple choice test? You can become yeah. a life insurance agent. Yeah. I've told people often that the bar of entry for many things, many things that are regulated in the financial space, the real estate space, wherever is uh, the bar of entry is not super high. Not at all. And you can, and you can tell when you talk to some people that, 
Yeah. You, uh, you know, they, they don't know it. In answer to a basic life insurance question, like what's controlled business, for example? I love asking that when they're like, like, did you retain anything? What's guaranteed issue? You know, what, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so let, you know, let's, let's recap this category and, uh, and then move on to the next. But some of the biggest reasons not to use IUL, one, if you look at the fine print, the company can change that contract after it's already in place. If you look at a whole life insurance policy, the company cannot change. It's a unilateral contract. You, the policy owner, are the only person who can make any changes to that contract. That's right. And you would have to, a lot of times, if it doesn't, if it involves, uh, you know, a significant change, you have to, you have to ask permission to change something like, Hey, I want to turn this rider into maybe a 20 year rider from a 10 year rider, or I want to whatever, um, you know, there's usually some invo your involvement for sure. And, and, and your agent. Um, but I like what you said before, uh, in, on previous episodes, you know, about, about the, about the risk piece. Universal life violates the whole purpose of buying insurance, right? Right. You buy auto insurance, you're transferring risk. In case of a loss of the vehicle, you get someone crashes into you, they're uninsured or whatever. The 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 note hold the the lien holder requires you to have full, you know, comprehensive and collision and liability and all this stuff. Um well it violates it universal life violates that. You're you're retaining much of the risk. You think they illustrate very well, though, Dave, right? They look great on paper. Look at this. You're going to be able to take this much passive income starting at age 65 for whatever amount of years. And people are like, oh, without tax. Oh, this is this is great. Your premium is flexible. You don't have to pay the full premium. You can pay less premium. Which probably means you, you can... won't pay the full premium. That's right. right. <laughs> Human nature. Human nature, right? Yeah. You can, uh, you can reduce the death benefit, which... If you know anything about whole life, and this is where our favorite financial entertainer always gets it wrong, along with all his flunkies in the comments that don't understand whole life insurance. Whole life insurance, the cash value is directly related to the death benefit. It is simply what the death benefit is worth right now. So this idea that when you die, Dave, that, oh, the life insurance company keeps your cash. And, and you're right. Yeah. I can't watch those or read those comments because it just makes my head explode because these poor people, they think they're the smartest people in the room. They think the guy that they're watching is the smartest guy in the room and he's just spewing out the gospel, right? Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the a, opposite. Like, right. he's ignorant on the subject or he's lying. And it, it's and always I'm, the same thing. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same crap. He's selling a product which is, a, and I would say buy term and invest the difference, that's a product. Right. It Right, that has become a product, right? Yeah. Um, anyway. But one of the biggest risks you're taking with, with IUL and why it's bad for, for the infinite banking concept. Cost of insurance. Is the rising cost of insurance. As you yeah. get older, the premium becomes more expensive. Now, theoretically, you're supposed to make so much money on your side cash account that they can draft directly from that account in your old age to cover your gigantic premium when you're close to mortality, right? Imagine um, paying, I don't know, $100,000 for a premium for a $300,000 death benefit. I mean, I think it gets stupid ridiculous. Of course, of um, course it does. It's cost prohibitive. And yeah, excuse because me, like our friends say, nobody's writing that check. Nobody's writing that check. And if you had... 
if you had all that cash value and that cash value account, why would you put all that money in there just to make it grow and accumulate so they could use it to pay the premium for you when you're old? What's the point of that? Right. Then you can't actually utilize it for anything else but paying the premium and hoping, <laughs> hoping. you don't outlive your cash value account. So you're, it's like, like you compared it to auto insurance. It's like, hey, what if you got an auto insurance policy? But hey, if you ever, when you have a wreck or a claim someday, there's no guarantee that that insurance is going to actually pay out. It, it may not be there. You want <laughs> right. to do this like, policy? Why am, I, why am I paying this premium? <laughs> right, right. That's the same so. question, folks, that you should ask your friends, your family members. I'm telling you, somebody you know has an IUL policy out there in their drawer, and they don't know where it is. They don't know what it's worth. They have no idea how it works. They think they have permanent life insurance. Yeah. And while it's characterized as such, somehow it is not. And they probably can't even get a hold of the same agent that sold it to them. Oh, I have no doubt. That guy's not working in the industry anymore. He did it for a couple of years and then he, moved on. A couple to, years and moved on to the next. Whatever. To, the next to, shiny to object. Yeah. yeah. The ripping people off with something else. Um, but again, like, you know, know what you have. Um, know that there's a rising, know that there's risk. There's a rising cost of insurance. Again, that's the, like Dave said, that's the biggest thing. Um, it can't be overcome. You're going to get older every year. The company has to charge an appropriate premium to keep that amount of death benefit in force. Yep. And anyway, it's uh, and again, I think the the thing that I always ask people when this subject occasionally comes up is, do you want a product that gets less less efficient and more expensive with time, or do you want a product that gets better with age and sh and cheaper? <laughs> yeah. Well, and is guaranteed that's, that's the to only last. question that needs to be answered. Yeah. Right. Guaranteed right. to last one day longer than you. That's right. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's move on. We beat that dead horse. Yeah, um, he's dead. Yeah, he ain't coming back. Um, so how about this one? Use whole life insurance and get rich. <laughs> buy cars and get rich. Do nothing else but buy cars with your whole life insurance and and you'll get rich. Like You're not going to get rich. Let's just yeah, dispel I'll that rumor right there. Simply you know, you're utilizing- not simply funding and utilizing whole life insurance will not make you rich. That's right. That's right. It is a great, it is a great product. My favorite financial product. We should all be paying high premium relative to our income, wherever we're at for as long as we possibly can, Dave, for sure. Um, but again, this is about IB, this is about IBC, right? We should be in two businesses, whatever, we're, whatever we do to earn a living in the banking business. So mm -hmm. the IBC side is, this is my banking business. So I think I've said it before, you can lose less money buying a car, but buying cars, and, and again, and we're not talking about a rare Ferrari or Bugatti or Koenigsegg, whatever. We're not talking about these, these, these uh, you know, McLarens or whatever, these collectibles. We're talking about your run-of-the-mill Honda Civic, Honda Accord, whatever, Toyota Camry, Buying buying cars is a losing proposition. It's right. just it, you ha you need it's a tool, right? And it wears out. It's a mechanical thing. It's 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 kind of like you know capital. It's like equipment. Equipment wears out. Needs to be replaced. Needs to be serviced. Needs to have an overhaul done on it. Whatever. So it's the same thing. Um, but you by as Nelson demonstrates in the book, you you can recapture interest that we were we would otherwise bleed by paying cash 
lost opportunity costs or by financing it through a third party, we can recapture that interest by capitalizing whole life insurance policies to fund the needs of life, right? So yeah. Anyway. So when you're out Fact. there, you, you, yeah, you see these clickbait videos uh, hmm. or the articles, some of the things are going to tip you off that this person is, is, is being misleading or they just don't understand this is, you know, some of the things, if they ever call it an investment, they'll say, oh, I watched one video about how to get rich using whole life insurance. And he said, 401ks are an inferior investment that to whole life insurance. Basically, now you're, you're putting life insurance and investing in the same, you're trying to compare those two right. side by side. You can't, it's not an investment. So if anybody infers or explicitly states that it is, stop listening to them because you're just yeah, going to get more confused. Run away. Run away. Yep. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not making a contribution, right, Dave, to a 401k. You're paying premium to the life insurance company. Those dollars are no longer yours. Yeah. They're the life insurance companies, aren't they? Yeah. But that cash value is guaranteed to be there. You know, what do investments involve? They involve risk. Risk. What is risk? Probability of loss. Yep. So there you go. They're two different things. Um, That's right. You know, what about people who say borrow from yourself and get rich? Yep. Words matter. Yeah. And this comes up, this comes up a lot though. And especially early on with, with folks when they're like, well, if I, all right, take money. And we, uh, we like to use precise language, don't we? Cause words, one little word can matter. Like I'm borrowing from myself or I'm taking money out of my life insurance or from my life insurance. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, no, we're borrowing money from the life insurance company. When we take a policy loan, they're using the cash value or the present value of the death benefit, so the death benefit, in other words, as the collateral for that loan. So they're giving me a loan, they're guaranteeing the underlying collateral, which is the death benefit, right? So it's a great borrowing position. It's a great, and we've talked about this again, it's a great loan for them to make because they've already baked in the cost of that loan into the design and the pricing of the whole life product. Mm -hmm. So- and then people ask, well, let's say I've got a million dollars of death benefit. I have a $100,000 policy loan out and I drop dead the next day. Well, the life insurance company is going to pay off that loan. And then your beneficiary would get the net death benefit, which would be $900,000, maybe minus that one day of interest. Yeah, because you spent the equity. That's you, right. You, you borrowed against, you borrowed the equity. And it's like when I sell back. my house, do I get the, <laughs> yeah. what do I get when I sell the house? Well, I get my equity plus, you, get, you know. You get the, sold you the get, house for <laughs> you, you get market value. Right. Um, you don't get market value and the equity. Right. It's just yeah. wouldn't oh that be a great gosh. deal? Yeah. Right. So, and, I, and I always tell people that when you know the entertainer says they keep your cash value and you only get the death benefit, you know, it's the same, it's the same thing as the house example we just talked about. It. So it's it would be ridiculous. If they gave you everything back, oh, here's your $3 million death benefit plus the $700,000 over the last 15 years that you paid in premium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. Not at all. It, it's super annoying. <laughs> yeah. Now, some other things that, that you'll hear and these the should tip you off that, okay, I don't think this person is qualified to teach me about the infinite banking concept. When they talk about, um, if, if they just talk about tax-free growth, tax-free mm. growth, 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 
tax life insurance is not tax free growth. It's tax deferred growth. Yes. But you can access it tax free through the loan feature, right? Correct. Which is what IBC is all about. Yep. Um, you know, or if they say, hey, my policy it guarantees me, you know, it's got a guaranteed rate of three percent. So I'm guaranteed to make three percent per year. No, you're not. That's not yeah. how that works. That's a that's a piece of the equation, how they calculate and reverse engineer the entire thing. Correct. That doesn't mean you're getting 3% per year guaranteed. You see that a lot out there, folks, yeah. on, the, on the on the right side of the YouTube stuff. Like, well, you know, my policy is earning a guaranteed 4%. And, you know, God bless these people. The, the You know, some of them, I, I think, are definitely doing the right thing and, and try, or trying to do the right thing. But, again, we need to be precise. We need to be precise in our language because it's deceiving to say, yep, this life insurance contract is guaranteed to earn 4.5%. Or four yeah. or 4% or 375 because there's this little verbiage in the contract that says the basis of values is 4% or 3% or whatever. That And again, as Dave just said, that's not what that number means. Yeah. And we don't want to get into the, the nitty gritty no. details on that. All you need to know is if somebody's saying that, they're not educated well enough to inform you about infinite banking. Move on. Find somebody else. Um, I was watching one. one go ahead. <clears throat> No, you go, go. Uh, I, I was got, watching I one it. video and the guy said, you know, you can borrow from the life insurance company and the interest rates are typically much lower than the banks. Well, that that's actually the case right now. Mm. But for the last 15 or 20 years, that has not been the case at all. Right. So that, that's right. Somebody who's, again, trying to make it sound like more than what it is. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I was going to say is, listen, IBC, the process, is is better than sliced Italian bread. Oh, well, yeah, maybe not. I mean, Italian bread's pretty good, but you get my point. It's great. Dividend-paying whole life insurance is also a great product. Um, and then you marry the two together, and it's, all right, now it's better than Italian bread. Yeah, it's like focaccia bread and, and olive oil, yeah. right? Extra but, virgin olive oil. That's right. Yeah. But one thing I think that we do and our friends do very well, we're not trying to make any of this better than it actually is. Right. All right. I have taken money that I have already been saving as I've made more money with pay raises or being more productive or whatever. I've paid more premium, which gives me more access to cash value via the loan feature. There's a capitalization phase where I'm upside down for the first 10 years, let's say, in a policy, seven years, eight, whatever it is. I don't care. I, I literally don't think about any of these things, but right. most a lot of people do, apparently. And that and that's fine. But again, this is this is a long, long-term strategy. You're not going to get rich quickly doing this. However, you will create generational wealth. You will have more options compared to your peers when you can no longer or want to or can't can't or won't labor for a wage. Um, I can't again can't help you see that, Dave. But but that's but that's all true. It's like anything else. Just think about the last big goal you accomplished, or or the thing that you're most proud of over your, the course of your lifetime, you probably have certain events that you were very proud of, um, you know, maybe winning a state championship in high school or 
graduating from whatever college or getting that big job, did any of that come without a lot of sacrifice building up to that? Right. Of course you not. didn't fall into it. No, because if it didn't require any sacrifice, it wouldn't even register in your memory. Right. Who, who cares? Right. Right. It, it's not a big deal. This requires sacrifice, just like anything great that you'll ever accomplish in life is going to require sacrifice. But the great thing is this is guaranteed to succeed. Yeah. Like, very well said. It's pretty easy to sacrifice when you know it's going to succeed. Right. Yeah. And it's going to succeed kind of like many times over, regardless of what you do, except just pay your premium as illustrated folks. Yeah. That's and the it's going only to succeed. thing you got to do. It's going to be great for you, but it's even going to be even greater for your beneficiaries. That's right. So let's talk about something real quick, just to give a quick golden nugget to somebody. Even All right, though, real, real quick, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Go many ahead. people already know this especially our, our clients because they can look at their contract or look at their illustration and just see this for their own eyes. But if you have a, if you're not our client, go look at your whole life contract. Look at age 100 or age 121, depending on how old your contract is. Now age 121 for policies issued in the last several years at least, but my original whole life, they endowed at age 100. Uh, notice that the cash value and the guaranteed side, non-guaranteed side and the death benefit are the same number, right? So again, do you want to have, Dave, a large death benefit, meaning as much as you could possibly get past the underwriters through a lifetime of premium? Or do you want to have like this, well, you can reduce your death benefit IUL kind of attitude? So you're saying the more death benefit I have, the more cash value I'm going to have? Yeah, no question. Okay. Then I want more. Right. Yeah. And if at that number... If the cash value you have access to will be many times over the premium you've paid, is there? Are you really sacrificing anything other than the startup costs in the early year? Yeah, the the short term, you know, lack of liquidity to go spend on, you know, whatever random things you want to spend on. So, yeah, yeah, and that's no, part of the not. noise that I see out there in the wide wide world is just everyone wants this like instant liquidity, cash on cash in the policy in year four. Year yeah, if three, we want it today. We want, want it today yesterday. And, yeah. and, and they won't budge in that. And, and God bless them. You know, hopefully it works out great. And that's fine. Um, they're, not, they're not our clients anyway. Um, nope. So, nope. all right. So hopefully that hit home for some of you and, and, and those of you researching infinite banking and, and stumbling upon this podcast, um, just some things to look for when you're out there researching so you, you know, so you know who to avoid and why to avoid. So yeah, that's right. There you go. Well, all right. Have a great week, everybody. Have a good week, Paul. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again before you leave for Italy. But uh, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We talk right. like every day, don't we? Pretty much, at least text, or yeah. or send reels or memes to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some good ones lately too. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some just creative, funny people out there, man. That just there are. They have my that, sense of humor. Just, yeah, I, I need that that dopamine hit when I'm having lunch every day. It's like the only yes. time I'm, I'm I'm searching for stuff. I yep. need a break. You know, give me 20 yep. minutes. Well, I'll keep that in mind from now on. If I come across something during lunch, I'll, I'll make sure I blast it to you in that moment so that, you, yeah. that you've got it. Cool. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. And until right, then, control your capital. Or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, 
please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.